Hello, everybody. I don't know. <laughs> Look at Matt's messing up everything for me. He's looking like he's about to go. I'm looking like I'm about to go. We're staring at each other real weirdly. I don't know what's happening. You rolled up on the mic. I was ready to go, and you went, huh? <laughs> oh, goodness. Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 55 of IG2G. I am one of your hosts, the glorious Mr. Eric. And with me, as always, is that chuckle face Mr. Matt over there. Today... I'm indeed a chuckle face. (laughs) We've got all sorts of wonderful games for you to check out. Maybe buy, maybe not. But either way, you're going to learn a little bit about them. And then we've got a topic that's just this choicy little subject today. It's been on the Twitters. It's been Warren raging. The developers and the journalists are all talking and going, hey, or leaks cool, or this is that, blah, blah, blah. You want to know more? You need to stay tuned because we're going to be talking about it. Number five. First up today, boys and girls, we've got a wonderful Japanese RPG called The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2. It was released June 4th, 2019 on the PlayStation 4. You can also get it on the PC, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Vita. It was developed by Falcom and given to you by Xseed Games. Now, as you might have just heard, this game was already previously released on the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. So, it is a dated game. So let me start off by saying that these graphics are made for the PlayStation 3. However, this is a fantastic title. If you like Japanese RPGs, you know, that old, cool, turn-based style, going into the dungeons, going through the mechanics, uh, finding the traps, uh, triggering the little puzzle pieces, you know, the typical thing, this is for you. And before we get going too far, this game is a direct continuation from Trails of Cold Steel 1. So if you have not played that, it would behoove you to do so because this continues right after that one basically ends. So if you don't know the story, they do have a catch-up mechanic through uh, a bunch of little plot lines and whatnot stories you can read before the game really gets going. But it is recommended that you play the first one before this one. However, if you are a diehard RPG fan and you're really itching to do something, hey, here's something for you. You take the role of the hero, whose his friends have been spread across the winds. He's got to go find them, get pick them back up. You set out to do so. The land of Erebonia is at war. There's all sorts of problems going on. You know, as we always say, the wonderful RPG story. It is, as I said, turn-based, but they have a S-break system in there. And for like boss fights, you have a mech, and so you'll go against other mechs. And these different kind of, it's still turn-based, but it's a slightly different style of turn-based fighting. So it kind of adds a little bit of difference to what you're doing, a little bit of flavor there. You get the cool mech action going on. You still get your classic JRPG turn-based fighting going on, in which case you can see like everybody's turns, all that good stuff. And you get your dungeons where you get to all solve puzzles, figure your way through it, level up, fight cool monsters, other factions, people. A glorious game if you like Japanese RPGs. This is a very traditional one, so just buy everywhere. But I thought I'd mention it and bring it up because, you know what, a good RPG is always at the top of the games list for me. Number four. Next up on the releases this week, oh man, it's going to be Danny's favorite game. You better get this game, Danny, where's your editor of this podcast? This is Gato Roboto for Switch and PC. So it's there. You can play it on PC, Danny. It's perfect. 
dropping on May the 30th, developed by Doinksoft, published by Devolver Digital. This is basically a Metroidvania in the most Metroid of terms. You are a cat. Your owner is flying on a spaceship. I think he's going home from some kind of adventure. You, as cat, jump on the control panel. You make the spaceship crash. I think the owner dude is trapped in the spaceship, and you have to go explore the planet to help him out to get you guys home again. Now, you're not just a cat. I mean, you are just a cat, but as you're prowling around, you find little mech suits. You find, like, a little submarine thing. You find all kinds of vehicles that let you explore the planet and explore these levels. And what's also cool is, since you are a cat, you can hop out of that mech suit, and then you can, like, climb up walls and shimmy through little areas and do all kinds of exploring to find health upgrades, missile upgrades. If you watch somebody play this game, you're going to be thinking of Metroid 2 Return of Samus on the Game Boy. It's got total black and white visuals. It's got a lot of those Metroid touches, like the the little blocks that you use to make up the environment with the little bubbles. You know, you know what I'm talking about if you play Metroid. It's got those. It's got the bubble doors that you can only open by shooting. It's got those. So if you're the cat, you can't open it. Find a mech suit, get in a mech suit. Now you can open that door and now you can go through that door. Now you can get more abilities. Now you can find more things that help you access different areas of the planet. Now you can find more things that help you access different areas in those different areas of the planet. Now you can fight really cool bosses. You can use the combination of your mech suit and your cat abilities to fight these bosses. I hear that's where the difficulty really... Oh, I don't know if it like spikes up super hard, but that's where a lot of the difficulty lies. So if you like Metroid-style games, if you like retro-style games especially, you're probably going to like this one. Now, watching it in action, it really reminds me of Downwell. If anybody's played Downwell, this looks basically exactly like that. It's got, you know, the dark black background, the simple white graphics. You can also find cartridges in the world to change up the graphic style. Like the few that I've seen, almost exactly mirror Downwell's style. So I looked it up. I'm like, these have to be the same people who worked on this, right? Nope. So I don't know how this works out, but... Gato Robato looks like a really fun Metroidvania, and the cat stuff, like, like you know, jumping up the walls and, like, bouncing off the walls and shimmying through the other stuff, kind of puts a unique spin on it. Like, you can think of the shimming into small places as the Metroid ball, but I've also seen lots of boss battles, like I said, where you're just the cat. you got to run up the wall, run over here, drop down into this little, not like a mech suit, but like a turret. You know, you got to use the combination of mech suit abilities, and cat suit abilities to do pretty unique things. So if you're interested in Metroidvanias, you're probably going to want to pick this one up. I've heard it's pretty short, like three and a half, four hours maybe, but I don't know if that's a completionist run or just a I'm just plowing through the story run. If you like Metroidvanias, if you like retro games, if you like cats, all the people in the world are combined in those three categories. I'm 100% sure of it. Go get Gato Robato for your Switch or your PC. Number three. Keeping on the vein of RPGs, I wanted to bring this one up again because it is a fantastic title and it's spreading its wings and flying. I'm talking about Octopath Traveler by Square Enix. It was already on the Switch a long time ago. We talked about it back when it came out then, but now it's been released as of June 7, 2019 for the PC. So all you little hardcore elite PC junkies who refuse to get on board with any sort of console whatsoever, here's your chance to pick up a wonderful, wonderful RPG with old school graphics, but done in a beautiful way. The lighting in the game is fantastic. The music in the game is fantastic. You get eight different adventurers to choose from. In which case, you travel around the lands, fulfilling your little story. All of them have their own story unique to them. 
And you can interact and obviously join up with the other characters as you go, which is encouraged, obviously, to form a party and carry on your merry way to the final destination where you solve all the world's problems and do all the wonderful things that you do in your typical RPG. Very, very good game. Turn-based fighting. Old school, reminiscent of all your old Final Fantasies. Great characters. Good lighting. Good music. If you haven't picked it up on the Switch, now is the time. Get it on the PC and have yourself a great time, as so many have in the past already. Number two. This was a bombshell drop on E3's Microsoft stage this year. It was not only, of course, a brand new trailer for Borderlands 3, but... Hey, guess what? Do you want to know what's taking place from Borderlands 2 to Borderlands 3? We got you covered. Gearbox went ahead and released a brand new DLC for Borderlands 2 for everyone to pick up for free right now. Any owner of Borderlands 2 can go ahead and pick this up free of charge until sometime in July. In which case, I think it'll be like $14.99 or something along those lines. Anyways, as I said, this story picks up after Borderlands 2 and carries you into the narrative for the upcoming Borderlands 3, which comes out this September. There is a baddie who's out there poisoning Pandora, got an attack going on in the Sanctuary. Lilith has taken over. She is now Commander Lilith. That's right, boys and girls, because you know what? Something might have happened to somebody, you know what I'm saying? I won't spoil it, <laughs> but the title is Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary. So there you go, it's in the title. Sanctuary is under siege. Lilith steps up, takes command, trying to protect everybody. Like I said, big, big Baddie wants to poison everything and everyone. He's setting out all sorts of gases, new enemies, new areas, brand new levels. Yes, everybody, you go from 72, now you go up to 80. And there is a rarity that is above legendary at this point. So you have nothing but new things to do. And to get those legendaries, you guessed it, you're going to have to go kill some new bosses. So all sorts of cool stuff, new story, new everything. Get in there, get back into some Borderlands because you need to. And if you want to be a master of it, you're going to have to get to 80. Get that new OP level. Yep, there's a whole new OP level as well. And get all the new legendaries at that OP level. Because you're a crazy person. So get out there right now. Get your favorite character. Get hooked up. And you know what? If you're fresh to the series, you can pick this DLC up and start at 30 from 0. Yes, you do not have to play all the beginning levels. You get to go straight to 30 if you so desire. So get in there. Have some fun. And hey, maybe kill some baddies and get some loot. Number 1. So last but not least on the releases this week, it's important to talk about friendship again i feel like because you know we all have good friends we have friends we love we have some friends that we don't like so much maybe that friend you know always borrows money maybe he doesn't pay when he's supposed to pay when you guys are going out to eat maybe that friend lies to you i have a friend like that i have a friend eric who f-ing lies to me he says the 3ds is a dead system here's proof <laughs> oh my God. right That's here the last Persona game q2 it's the last Persona game q2 new cinema look labyrinth look at that sh- look it up Bam. it's the very it last game for the 3ds have your potatoes and your little yams right now, because this is it. You will never get this moment again, Matt. It's I'm going to have my potatoes and my yams right now, and then I'm going to have beef and chicken next month when something else no, comes out, and I get to say That's on the show that it's out for the 3DS. I'm going to do it. I don't care what you say, no. Eric. Look at it. Look at it. It's shiny. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's the last the back one. Cover. Oh, last yeah. No, one. no, you no, no. Smell that Keep plastic. Dreaming. Look at that little Keep stuff. dreaming, Eric. <laughs> Keep dreaming, Eric. <laughs> oh, my God. So yes, Persona Q2, New Cinema Labyrinth, dropped on the 4th of June. 
developed by P Studio, published by Atlas exclusively for the Nintendo 3DS. Oh man, it's so beautiful. It's so good. Dude, I got like the pins inside. Look, I got the little protagonist pins. Oh, oh yes. that is so nice, isn't it? God, that is cool. And see, actually, look, if you look at like the, the physical release, like inside the box, it's got little cutouts for everybody's faces. Oh, wow. It's all printed on the on the back of the insert. I, like I mean, it's kind of cool. I, I like, like it. it. it makes no, me happy. I want it. Trust me, I want it, but... <laughs> and why does he want it? Because it's a cool Persona experience. It's a first-person dungeon crawler in the Etrian Odyssey style, featuring characters from Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5. They all get sucked into this movie-themed dungeon world where each each you know dungeon area, each level, if you want to think of it that way, is, is based around a certain genre of movie, and you're doing that first-person dungeon crawl thing. You're drawing your map on the bottom screen. You're putting an icon here, treasure chest, locked door, portal, up, down, left, right, all kinds of good stuff. I love this kind of stuff. When I first uh, got a demo of one of the Etrian Odysseys on 3DS, it was always something I heard about, and I was like, this isn't for me. And then I started drawing in the map, and I went, yeah, it's for me. So this is going to be for me, too, because especially the story revolves mostly around the Persona 5 cast. And I got to tell you, Mr. Eric, I booted it up just to play a little bit, just to make sure the cartridge worked. You know how you do. Uh Hearing Morgana's voice come out of those little tinny speakers again. Oh, it felt so good. I was like, that. Oh, I'm home. I'm home. All my friends are here. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I wanted to pass on it. I keep, I keep going, no, mm-hmm. Eric, you don't need it. You don't need it. You'll be okay. Royal will be out <laughs> soon enough. You can eat your potatoes uh-huh. and yams then. But, man, now that you got it, I'm just like, this, this is not fair. It's not fair. We don't live in a fair world. That's right, we don't. <laughs> I will say the only thing I've noticed so far, I mean, obviously, this goes to the chibi 3D art style, which everyone has seen from trailers and all that stuff. It looks pretty cute. I mean, it looks good. I mean, the Persona characters aren't really realistic, quote fingers anyway. So it kind of, they go from long and lanky to short and stubby and cute. That's fine. The only issue I've had so far is that when you're in, you know, a first-person dungeon battle, it's, you know, traditional, like, Dragon Quest style, more or less, but you don't really see your characters, and playing a Persona game without seeing Joker, like, attacking, it's just like, hey, Joker used attack, and it goes, whoosh. It doesn't feel right, but it still works 100% well. It works in that Etrian Odyssey style, so if you like first-person dungeon crawlers, if you like Persona at all, you need to just get it. You gotta get it. Imposter's topic of the day. Well, Matt was supposed to open this one, but I was, all right, here we go. <laughs> but then I was told, "Oh, you don't even know really the story about it. There's a big, big story about why this happened." Oh me, I gotta, gotta give everybody the backstory. Gotta give everybody the important, like logistical details on the Imposter's Guide to Gaming here. That's actually just, not gonna happen. Oh, let's Matt just, is, let's just slap around crazy. here and just oh, discuss the thing. Geez. So, anywho's Matt's being melodramatic, but yes, he said, "Hey, you know, I heard a couple people talk about uh, video game leaks, how it all goes. You know, the developers are saying they hate it, and it's not cool, and it ruins the game, and it ruins their hard work." A lot of the journalists were going, "No, you know, leaks are a part of the whole thing, and it's part of a bigger problem, and that the games industry still like hides what it's doing all the time instead of just bringing out mm-hmm. what they're playing and letting the masses see it, know it, and uh, get familiar with it." So, with that being said, Jason Schreier was one of the ones I saw instigating this whole thing. He went back and forth with, like, Corey Barlog, whom, you know, was big on the uh, God of War re- uh, release here last year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other developers, a lot of other uh, influencers and journalists all stepped in, going back and forth on this whole topic. So we figured, while it's hot, while it's there, 
me and Matt would kind of go a little bit back and forth on whether we think leaking games, DLC, whatever it is, is cool, fun, all part of the hype, good for the business, whether it's bad and a mix in between. I have a suspicion there'll be some mixing in between because we both always seem to be able to see from every perspective, which makes Mm -hmm. it where difficult to have a side because we can see lots of angles. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But anywho, we'll start off with Matt here to just kind of throw in and get us going. Well, just to get it started, I will say my initial impression of like leaks and like, oh man, it, it, it's totally leaked that these people are going to be here to announce this thing, especially like an award show like E3. I mean, initially, when I just look at it as a, as a concept to think about, I don't like it just because I don't, well, you know me, I'm the guy who goes into media blackout on stuff I like and stuff I'm interested in. So I don't like anything getting spoiled for me. So when they say, oh man, hey, the new Assassin's Creed or whatever is going to be at the show this time, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can't have you know the presenter on stage go, uh-huh, and hey guys, we got one more thing and that cliche move and then it'd be whoosh, boom, big logo, big you know, lead up to the reveal moment. But at the same time, since I am that like, media blackout guy and if i'm not super interested in something that i know is going to be there i'm, I'm kind of blasé on the show like i felt that way about e3 a little bit this year but when it's like oh hey this is kind of leaked to be here this is strongly rumored to be here this might also be here too and then oh yeah like a day before hey this is going to be here too oh well now i have to catch those presentations and even though it's kind of spoiled for me I get to see the moment live and hear the reaction of the people who maybe didn't know it was going to happen. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of torn between I'd like to be totally surprised, but if I was totally surprised, maybe I wouldn't even see it until I saw it on Twitter later. So that's my initial reactions. What about you, Eric? All right. Well, I want to start by saying there's two distinct types of leaks, in my opinion. There are the... The the game leaks, like, hey, you know, there's a DLC leaking, there's this or going on, and it gets done through a side means. Like, it, I'm going to mm. use an example because it's relevant here. The new DLC for Borderlands 2 leading into Borderlands 3. This yeah. was leaked. This was leaked a long time ago in a unshaped mass. It was just known mm. through uh, a bunch of in- individuals online saying, hey, we looked through SteamDB. They found out that there's this DLC they're working on for two. This is crazy. Cool. That kind of leak where it's done through a system leak or something else, mm. those to me are perfectly fine. You know, it happens. Yeah. It came naturally. Does it affect me negatively sometimes? Yes. Like in this particular instance, it did. Because I already knew about it a long time ago. And then I knew intimately about it, of course, earlier in the week before the E3 presentation where Borderlands 3 was like, hey, we're coming and guess what? There's more and then there's more. And then there's, boom, this awesome DLC to time. If I had not known anything about it and that was just, it, that happened as it happened, mm. that would have blown my mind. I'd have been like, yeah. what? Oh, my gosh. Blah, blah. I'd have been running to the PlayStation trying to turn it on and get everything downloaded. It would have been a really cool mm-hmm. moment. However, because it was leaked, I didn't care. Well, I cared. Yeah. You know what I mean? I cared because I want to play it. But it was but, just like, oh, yeah, here's the yeah, thing. Oh, that's the thing they were talking about. Okay, I'll make sure I go get it downloaded tonight and cool beans. It will get mm-hmm. on there. It's going to be fun. And that is unfortunate. But the way it was leaked is no big deal to me. I feel like if you're, right. that's not on anybody. The, when you leak it through the journalist or someone, 
getting knowledge of a thing, even if it was an accidental slip from a developer or whatever, I'm not mm-hmm. cool with that kind of leak. Yeah. I feel like those leaks are dirty, and they're there to just get that site, that journalist, that whatever, more uh, rapport, more money, more clicks, more all the things. And I just don't feel like it's a noble thing to do. So if you're saying that it's cool for journalists and whatnot to leak things every now and again, or if the developer slips up and they say, hey, you slipped up, here it is. I still think that's not cool, and it doesn't build a great relationship, I don't think, with the developers that you're going to be working with, Mm -hmm. and there should be consequences to that, obviously. But if it leaks because of the developers putting on, like, SteamDB and just things are happening, well, you know what? Sometimes they still suck, but I don't think anybody should be mad or upset about that. That's on nobody but the individuals making the game and messing around with it, so... Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like like you said, when it's something data mined, like, hey, we noticed a little patch that nobody announced anything through, what is it? And they go in and clickety-clickety-clack around in it and find something. That's totally, like, A, nobody told you about it. You went and found it yourself. So I agree that's totally cool. And I think the the insiders leaking stuff to the journalists is what I mostly saw the reaction to this Yeah, about. and that was like, a big a bunch one. Of, mm-hmm. A bunch of devs were saying, hey, if you go and leak details of your game, you know, so your company doesn't get the cool reveal. And, you know, that wasn't the point, but that was the the reaction to it is because you did this, that happened. Then you're just a scumbag. And I I mostly agree with that because if you went out and we're like, hey, dude, hey, just don't don't use my name. But blah, 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 blah. You saw the facial expression I had to make. Like I had to like sink down and like be shady. Yeah, you're doing something shady. You're doing some cunning. Because you're not allowed to talk about it, so you went and did it anyway. You're a douchebag. Well, then you know I if mean, you're an insider doing that, you're probably getting some kind of kickback too. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody in their right mind, unless you disgruntled or whatever, is just going to yeah. go, "Hey, my whole team and I have been working so incredibly hard on this, and can't wait for the great reveal." And then just for no reason whatsoever, go leak it, and then have it all blown up, and then ruin the entire moment. It's got to be yeah, here. We we have an NDA, and I'm breaching it right now. Just don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, you're definitely getting some kind of monetary or other kind of reward to do that. Exactly, and that's just dirty and nasty, and shouldn't yeah. be done. I don't appreciate it, even if even if they're friends, because you're seeing a lot more of that these days, where uh, mm-hmm. individuals start out like at the game spots and IGNs, et cetera, et cetera, then they move on and actually start working in development on games. And of course, you're still going to have a lot of friends that are in the journalistic business, and mm-hmm. you might feel beholden to give them a scrap or a piece once in a while, and that's no good, you know. But I understand what's happening. They're you know your best friends, like, hey, dude. You gotta hook it up, brother. I need I need a good piece, and then you're mm-hmm. like, "All right, man, here's the scoop." And see again, I think that's so dirty because if you are a journalist and you're going to ask the other person who has the inside scoop for it, that's that's again you're being shady. Mm-hmm. You made the facial expression right there, but then again, if somebody does slip up and say something, you are a journalist, like. That'd be like if I went to a news reporter and we're like, dude, oh man, telling some story. I'm like, yeah, when I ran over that dude the other day, oops, uh, please don't say anything. <laughs> you're you're a journalist, so if you get news, it is your job to report news. So I almost, as long as it's something like not shady, not you went looking for it or they went, give me 40 bucks and I'll give you the info. 
I, I, I almost don't feel bad for anybody who makes that slip up when you're in the presence of somebody who will report it, like who can report it, whose job is to report things, you know? It's, but that's a slippery slope because yeah. we're in an age where we love having developers come on to shows, podcasts, all this stuff, and talk about what they do and their passions yeah. and this and that. And these individuals aren't necessarily trained in media and communications. So they're not that's like, true, hey, I true. understand that if I slip up and say something, this journalist or individual is going to throw it out there for everybody, regardless mm. of whether I meant to or not. Some of these individuals yeah, are just people yeah. who just, you know, do some coding or do some artwork, and they come on a show, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I love this. And, and when I did uh, the, the slack jaw, man, uh, and then you're like, huh? Oh, uh, no, it's, I'm just doing artwork. And then, you know, you you got at that point go, okay, this guy, he took time, or a girl, he, they took time out of their day to come talk to you and just have fun talking mm. about what they love and their passion is. Don't screw them over. Now, if it's yeah. if it's your PR guy at an official IGN interview, and they're mm. like, "Yeah, oh, totally," and then when Borland Seven went blah blah blah, hey, that's fair game because that individual yeah. is trained and should know what he or she can or cannot say. If Randy Pitchford comes out and it's like, "I hate all of you," and I wanna, I wanna tell you, I got all this stuff, and I'm gonna jump on it, blah 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 blah, and just tells you a whole spiel about what he shouldn't have. That individual is trained. He should know yeah. what he can and cannot say. Therefore, I think that's fair game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just uh, I don't want to get too far in because, yeah, I, I feel like some of the smaller time, not smaller time, but uh, side side individuals, you know, just the, the, the mm. developers, the ones in there in the nitty-gritty, I don't think they should be beholden to the same exact rules and laws because then you're going to start getting to the point where they're not going to do anything. They're going to say, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to do my job and go home. I'm not coming on your podcast. I'm not coming on your talk show or whatever. No. Yeah. Now, now that you've said that, I definitely agree. Because I don't, I don't want it to get to be the point of, hey, whoever from Gearbox want to be on our show? Nope. Uh, I can't. Because if I say something, you might let it slip, even though we've never done that. And we never would do it. But you never know in this day and age. So... Yeah, you make a fair point on that one. But I, I definitely do agree that if it's the higher up person, like I feel like it a lot of times is that makes mistakes like that, mm-hmm. then it's it is on you. You are the professional head of the company or the PR person or the face of the company in some form or fashion. It's your job to keep that keep that professional armor up in all all interactions with any kind of press or public or anything. Yeah, and and they usually have PR reps standing by off screen, mm. waiting for them to even remotely start slipping or doing anything, and then they nix everything right in the bud right there. So that's yeah. not really the issue. I think, like you said, more of the issue was that these insiders, these you know, these hidden developers who are actually working in secret with their best friends or just for money mm. or whatever it is, leaking stuff out. And that's I think what the gist of the argument was when the developers were like, you yeah. know, it's bogus, it's disgusting. We're you know, we're angry at the individuals who do that. We're angry at the journalists who take that and then run with it mm-hmm. and ruin our moments, ruin the things that we've worked literally five, seven years on. And I get yeah. the frustration there. But then of course, as I said, Jason came back and he was like, you know, this is all just part of a bigger problem in that the gaming community is one of the you know few places where it's still hush hush everything's hidden everything's secret we don't tell anybody mm-hmm. what we're doing until the the big moment and 
and he would like change. He would like it to where, you know, games and developers talk about what they're doing and announce it early on and give you the blogs, give you the things, give you the interviews, give you the tidbits, and then it can be like mm-hmm. a controlled feed of what's happening, and those insiders wouldn't even really be an issue because yeah. you are controlling your message the whole way through instead of trying to hold out for this big explosive moment instead of just giving a lot of fun drip feed moments all along the way and having a great time with it. Yeah, and that's something we've talked about forever on Third Shift proper when we don't have any news to report. And it's like, well, I'd at least like to see some concept art or something to know something about what's going to come down the pipeline. I definitely do agree with that because... I mean, look at, like, the film industry. Sure, movies are shipped with false labels so people don't know what's in, you know, on the reels as it used to be to just pop it open and, and, and bootleg it everywhere. But if you look it up, oh, yeah, this movie started filming over there and the rumored cast members are all these people. Here's the people in charge. Here's the people working on it. Here's the production company, blah, 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 blah. You just have to go find it. They don't, I mean, I'm sure they do have reporters and outlets that do feed people that kind of stuff, but it's not like big news. I feel like movies are the way it should be. Like if you want to know what what's happening with Borderlands 3, you can go to the Gearbox Insider newsletter or whatever and they'll have stuff written up or you know what's going on with the new Assassin's Creed game or whatever it is. Oh, sign up for the Ubisoft Insider newsletter and go to the Assassin's Creed section, you know, see some concept art, see some this, you know, know that we're we're utilizing the technology from X to make this a more expansive experience. I I just feel like that's we've talked about the whole gaming industry secrecy before and I think that still is just a huge problem. It even just aside from this, it does give you those big moments, but if you can have fans follow the development of their favorite game from the beginning to the end, they'll be more invested in picking up that product at the end, I think. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I, here's the thing. is I already knew, of course, this DLC coming out for the Borderlands mm-hmm. thing. I already knew that they were going to be showing Maz and gameplay, etc., and a new, uh, the new world, all that. But you know what? I didn't mm-hmm. know. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it felt like. Yeah. Okay. So when they showed that gameplay and I got to watch it in action and her jump into her mech and go to town with the freaking tracking rockets and the, the minigun on the right, grenade launcher, mm. I was in awe. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is gorgeous. Oh, I love her. I can't wait to play. Mm-hmm. That was still a moment. That was a great moment for me at E3. Yeah, You don't have to always just go big secret oh my god no one's gonna know and then, oh here's this game and all the things at once ah! it can be these nice cool small tidy moments that you keep as your nice little surprises all the while everyone knows what you're working on like you said have your insider game pages etc to go to to get you know cool artwork or a little one-on-one interviews podcast da, 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 all that good stuff to keep you in the know but not so hungry that you're willing to go out there and search, you know, for the nitty gritty of the spoilers and trying to get all the secrets thrown out there because you want it so bad because you're being fed. So you're content to let them piecemeal it out to you at their pace because they're feeding you. It's easy. And I think this almost ties into another issue we've talked about before, which is the whole pre-order culture of games and the gaming industry, because I think that's what a lot of this is about. Like, yes, you do get a big moment and it's exciting for the fans, but that's 
also when that collector's edition goes on sale. So if you've known about it beforehand, just like me with the with this DLC, obviously we've known about it forever. We've seen the details over the last week. When they announced it, that it hit, I went, okay, I'll download it when I get to it. And And it wasn't like a, mm-hmm. got to get it right now because I'm hyped in the moment. I'm excited. I'm like exploding out of my out of my head with this stuff when you see stuff like cyberpunk 2077 they've been showing that off in little drips and drops here they had the big reveal here's the collector's edition it's all announced right now i guarantee you like a million people went out and bought that boom because they were so excited in that big hype moment and i wonder if these two just they just go hand in hand like that and then to add to that the other moment they've been showing off cyberpunk 2077 for a while now they've shown you all sorts of cool things little scenes little snippets little gameplay the big reveal that keanu reeves is there and then have him on stage Mm -hmm. that was an insane moment it was an insane moment it wasn't i didn't expect it you know i didn't know that was going to happen they had a cool crazy moment but they were still using content that some you know you might have seen some of this before might have not but they add a little True. bit more and added in that little reveal of an extra character and all this stuff and that that's what like I said that's what we're talking about that's the type of thing mm-hmm. that you can still have your cool moments with these E3s and the PAXs and the game awards and all that stuff all the while keeping everyone posted on what you're working on and keeping in mm-hmm. the community instead of all the secret hubbub you know it's it just boggles my mind once again as a Borderlands reference We've talked to several developers over the you know last couple of years, and all the while they know all about Borderlands Three and all about all this mm-hmm. stuff happening, but can't talk about it, can't have any sort of conversation. It's just like, why? We should change this. You know, I I'm all for as Jason wants to do is get everything, just start announcing your titles and what you're working on, but then release mm-hmm. the content at your pace and keep people content. Perfect example just popped in my head. For the past at least like year and a half to two years, we've been going, what's Gearbox Quebec even working on? Yeah. What are they working on? <laughs> Nobody even says anything remotely Ever. about it. Oh, look, it was the DLC. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if they had, obviously you don't want to spoil that, but like, come on. You can't, oh, they're working really hard on something. We're sending our guys up there. We're sending Jithri, one of the big narrative dudes up there. Well, they're working on something. What is it? Any hints, any, any info, any nothing? Nope. Oh well, but Aww. yeah. There's there's got to be something. You gotta. I don't know. At least tease that they're working on a Borderlands project. If it's at least that, then people won't be going nuts like we were. What is this? Is this? It's got to be this. It's a hundred percent going to be Brothers in Arms. Yeah, right we Eric? thought for sure. We, no, well, we still know it's got. Someone's got to be working on that. <laughs> <laughs> they've stated that they've got a team working on it. So I don't know who it is now because well, uh-huh. wasn't necessarily Quebec, was it? But mm-hmm. ooh, see now here's another mystery. We have no idea. It's just this blank page, and everyone's like, oh, well, I don't know what's happening, what's going on. Then you're gonna have mm-hmm. these people that are hungry for information. Trying to get the insiders to speak to them and tell them all the digs. They're going to try to get people going to the Steam DBs and all these other places trying to dig anything they can out and then spill the beans, and there goes your moment. I was going to say, you're going to have insiders who are curious like us and go, well, if they were working on that, what about this? And then you, it will slip eventually. Mm-hmm. It, things always do. No matter how secretive you as a person are, stuff just slips when you're, when you're picked at long enough. They'll pop a hole in that armor and it'll go bloop. Oh, no, now it's out there. Exactly. So it's fine to have a reveal moment, but I just feel like the the game publishers and developers sh- should make it way earlier on. 
whenever they're working mm. on a title. You know, obviously get something together that looks pretty or nice or whatever, yeah. and then do a nice reveal, but don't try to hold out for seven years mm. before you give a reveal. I mean, it's that's insanity. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point of you can reveal that you're working on the game. You can reveal pieces of the game and then have a big moment reveal about, hey, look, here's the announcement of the multiplayer. Doom Eternal, hey, we announced the multiplayer here. Boom, wow, cool. I had no idea that was even happening. Mm. Even though I knew Doom Eternal was in the works, I have an exact idea of what it's going to look like. Or like we said with Cyberpunk, here's what the game is. Here's what it's going to look like. We've had many, many trailers, but boom, Keanu Reeves, big moment, cool, cool extra special thing that we hid. This is the one thing we hid from you guys. And here it is. Now we can have a cool moment, even though you've been all along that road with us. Exactly. I think that freaking nails it, sums it up, man. I think we did it. That's it. That's our view. We solved it again. We solved it again. The world's problems, that's what we do every single time we get on this show. Developers, publishers, (laughs) control, as I love to say, control the narrative Instead of let these insiders go. and leakers and all these little nasty little little monsters reveal all this stuff prematurely and ruin your mm-hmm. moment. You take the moment, get it in hand, but do it earlier in a controlled fashion. And, of course, for the journalists and such out there, they can then get the cool scoops and interviews and, and you can work hand-in-hand hand with each other to get the news mm-hmm. out to the masses. Both of you getting the clicks and the views and the, the, the eyes on you that you want. And everyone can live symbiotically, happily ever after. That's exactly it. You can be symbiotes instead of adversaries. Mm-hmm. That, oh, man, they're just trying to dig and get the info. Well, no, it's we, we came together and we shook hands and went, hey, let's do a cool story about this. Here's what we can show you. And they'll go, oh, cool. Here's the article we can write. Hooray. Like the, we're all happy. Like the game of former firsts, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are really fun. Oh, yeah, they get yeah, together, exactly. they give the big scoop and roll out what we're doing, how we're doing it. Here's a couple pictures, pages, da 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 da, da gameplay, mm-hmm. art, and then away you go. They just got a yeah. cool a whole bunch of cells on their, their their publication. You just got a bunch of clicks on your websites and pre orders and such. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a wonderful relationship. Wow, it's almost like if print media didn't die, things would still be pretty good. Wow. Like wow. Huh. Who would have thought? Reading magazines and books. That's crazy. <laughs> don't want to do that. I just want to cl- scroll down and look at numbers and things and just keep going. I want to scroll down to the part of IGN where it goes, you won't believe what this actress looked like back in the day. Oh, sponsored <laughs> clicks by a sponsor hole. Hooray. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. It's almost like we're in outer worlds that... already. <laughs> But I think this wraps up the topic, and this pretty much wraps up the episode. It's time to wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So what do you guys think? Do you want the exclusive leaks? Do you want to know what we're going to talk about before we even record the episode? Do you want Danny to just like leak it out to you in a private feed? Let us know via email info at thirdshift.me. Tweet it at us at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift, or just keep your leaks to yourself, and just we're just not going to tell you anything. That's... That's how it'll be. Indeed. We'll keep everything secret. You won't even know. I'm not even going to tell you the schedule of the next episode because it might not. Ha- I mean, I, maybe, hey, maybe we'll do another we episode. We want a big reveal, and we're going to get it to you. 
And while you're waiting for that reveal, hey, maybe head on over to the wonderful Patreon, where we have a little tip jar set up. You like what you hear, like what we're talking about, all the ranting and raving we do. Consider throwing us a buck, two bucks, a thousand bucks, or maybe the coveted one million dollars, which someday will happen. And we will get ourselves a food lion, and we will have an aisle full of babies in jars, and we'll have a mascot running around being crazy. You know you're going to love it, and you know you want to see it. So some billionaire out there listening, go ahead. Do it. Do it. Throw us a million dollars to make us ruin our lives and open up a food line and then move away. <laughs> but if you can't contribute monetarily, that's all good and dandy, too, because there's so many other things you can do. Feedback, question bags, uh, five-star ratings, Twitch subscriptions. <laughs> yeah, all the things, man. I say it every freaking time. You all know the rigmarole. We appreciate you. We appreciate everything you have done, may do in the future. So, hey, until next time, of course. That's right. And who knows when that next time will be, if we even have a next time. I'm not going to reveal anything just yet. I think we've got to wait until, the, until the, the environment in the public here is right, All right. to announce when or if we're going to do another episode. And I think it's also a good idea for me to not really give you any yeah, – I don't feel comfortable giving details on where you can find us like where you can find any episodes that we might do or we might have done in the past. So all I'll say is, as I always do, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any kind of place you can find us, even though I can't tell you what it is and I don't want you to leak it, Eric. Don't you oh, dare tell anybody where to find us. Listen. Don't. No. Oh. No. Oh. Don't forget to save. Don't forget, don't forget to, to save. save. I'm done. I'm out. There's shift, there's shift.